Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Only one of us is an actual father, none of us a priest, and that was a clean ass crack. Hopefully, I don't know. It seemed different on my end. Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. it felt, felt clean on my end. It was a virtual crack, so may or may not have been clean, but <laughs> <clears throat> we love a good clean crack around here. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in, guys and gals. Uh, my name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbe Herbach. Hi. Is that a t- was that a toot or a, sl- or a slurp? Um, <laughs> it was only a slurp, but I kind of swallowed wrong without the wrong pipe. So uh, yeah. it, was, it did not go great. Yeah. Uh, swallowing wrong is never good, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no Trey, Stinky Fingers Jose tonight. He's on daddy duty. Uh, so, you know, this show should be much, much better. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, the disrespect. <laughs> no, it was probably much more boring without the beloved Trey here. Uh, but that's all right. I mean, we got you covered. And I mean, what are the fancy starts. fathers without the puns? Or the father. That's that's a good point as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, today, tonight, whenever you're listening, we're going over our starts and sits of the week, touching on some of the recent news, uh, as well. Um, so if you have something that we don't cover in this episode, or if you have a specific start sit question, you can hit us up on Twitter at the FF fathers or on our Instagram also at the FF fathers. Uh, Instagram is pretty cool. We got some nice little behind the scenes clips uh that are are a little funny i think i think we got some jokes in there i mean it's mostly just us being really our normal selves in terms of the three of us getting together just being kind of stupid honestly but uh we think we're entertaining hopefully you do too yeah or you can just go look and and make fun of us and that's cool too hey i'll take all the publicity we can get (laughs) Um, so with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and get right into the news. Um, looking forward to tomorrow evening, uh, for another banger of Thursday night football. Uh, this schedule is just on fire. Um, the Chicago bears taking on the mighty Carolina Panthers, um, should just be absolutely electric. Tyson Bajent or Bajent versus uh, the underwhelming Bryce Young and Carolina Panthers. I'm excited, man. What about you? Um, I know it's a Thursday night game, but who the hell put this on primetime? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like honestly, these are the type of teams and games we need being played overseas, where no one cares to wake up early enough to go watch them. Yeah, these should be the London games. Like, what the fuck are we doing? We have to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday to watch the Chiefs-Dolphins, um, and then Thursday night, we're forced to watch the Bears and the Carolina Panthers. Like, <laughs> and and I apologize to all Panthers and Bears fans out there, but facts are facts. These teams yeah. suck, and no one actually wants to watch them play outside of their respective communities. I don't even know if their respective communities want to watch uh especially with 
you know, there was some optimism in the beginning of the week that Justin Fields would uh, be back and playing. But today, uh, some more reports came out and they changed his status to doubtful uh, for the game tomorrow night uh, with that thumb injury. So looking like he's not going to play and it's going to be another uh, another week of Tyson uh, Bajent, 007. There it is. Got it. <laughs> um, honestly, that, that sucks for the Bears offense as a whole. I know him and Komet seem to be making a, a decent connection here. Komet's been having some good games, but it's not like they're big yardage games per se, but he's getting a lot of looks in the red zone, scoring a bunch of touchdowns. So um, for any tight end uh, lacking team, which is basically everybody, um, you're excited. Yeah. Um, in the backfield there, Khalil Herbert might be making his uh, resurgence back into the to the active lineup. Um, it's still up in the air as he hasn't been officially activated off IR yet, but he was a full participant for practice Monday through Wednesday. Um, and all the Bears have to do is activate him before 4 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow in order for him to uh, be able to play. Um your thoughts on Khalil Herbert and if he does or does not play. I mean, getting the full practices in are, uh, are good. It is a short week. So, so a lot of these practices are, are walkthrough based. Um, I know they also kind of designate injuries because of that. Like they know like, Hey, if we were practicing fully, he'd actually still have been a full participant, which, you know, bodes well. The question I have is that specifically Deontay Foreman has, played pretty damn well in his absence right he's had four starts has 65 plus yards in three of them two of those games over 80 and it's played decent so i'm curious as to how much that plays into the game factor not only in this game but in the rest of the season as deontay foreman similar to what we kind of saw with zach moss in, in indianapolis where he he's playing well enough to earn a role in this offense even once the starter khalil herbert comes back yeah, the way I'm thinking it'll play out is Khalil Herbert will play tomorrow, uh, but he'll be limited, and it will mostly see Deontay Foreman. And then moving forward, eventually, I think Khalil Herbert will regain uh, the starting position because you know, like you said, Foreman did play well or has been playing well, but I still think Khalil Herbert's probably the better back, and eventually will be the main guy. But I think Roshan Johnson is kind of the big loser in this. We've been waiting for him to kind of emerge. Um, I don't. I just don't know. Maybe he's just not ready yet, in their opinion, and he's barely seen the field. So I think Roshan, you know, is a distant, you know, third uh, third option for them, and it's going to be a lot of Khalil Herbert and Deonta Foreman moving forward for starting purposes for tomorrow. I would probably be okay starting Deonta Foreman um I would be I I view Khalil Herbert as like a desperation kind of play in his first game back I I almost guarantee he'll be limited in some fashion um but moving forward I think Khalil Herbert will regain that that backfield and I don't think we're going to see Roshan Johnson until the future next year maybe um but I, I don't think he'll have any fantasy relevance for redraft leagues uh, for this year. 
Uh, but let's move on to other news. Um, the Cardinals are hoping to open up the practice window for running back James Conner. Uh, he's been dealing with that knee injury. He has been on IR for the past four games, so he has satisfied the IR requirements of having to miss at least four games. And it sounds pretty optimistic. Uh, like he's probably going to be reinstated and, and playing possibly this week. I mean, he's just a guy that when he does come back, we know he's a he's a top 24 running back um, no matter what. And the Cardinals really need him back like desperately because they're running. Their rushing game has been terrible. And kind of same similar to Herbert, where, yeah, if he does play this week, it'll be in a very limited fashion. Um, so I wouldn't want him to put him in my lineup now. But I think if he plays it all this week, he's probably going to be pretty good to go next week. Yeah. I think so. And I think, you know, with Kyler Murray coming back um, and sounds like for sure playing this week, uh, actually it's official. He is, he is starting this week, barring any setback, which I doubt he'll have, uh, you know, this Cardinals team's on the up and up. Um, it'll, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of excitement in their locker room at practice, you know, with Kyler coming back, I'm sure James Connor wants to, to be back as well at the same time. And, and be at full strength uh, with, you know, Kyler, James Conner, Marquise Hollywood-Brown as kind of the the, the guys there. Uh, but, I mean, good news. If you've been holding on to Kyler Murray, uh, obviously you held on to James Conner. Hopefully you didn't drop him. And, you know, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, who's been dealing with pretty awful, well, just, I mean, Dobbs and, you know, Clayton Tooney, uh, not the not the best quarterbacks in the world. Uh, but it should be super helpful for his fantasy uh, fantasy stock as well. Oh, I think it's going to be huge, honestly. If you think back to last year when DeAndre Hopkins was out on suspension, I mean, Marquise Brown was a top 10 receiver throughout the first uh, six or seven games of the season. I mean, just looking at his stat lines, it was, for fantasy purposes, it was 12 points, 10 points, 21 points. 18 points, 18 points, 9 points over the first six games. That was all without DeAndre Hopkins. And so clearly him and, and Kyler have a connection there. And Marquise Brown has shown back even when he was in Baltimore that he can be a stud and has the potential to be a true number one receiver in this league. And Kyler Murray, I think, is a huge boon to his production. And I would expect Marquise Brown to have a really solid second half of the season. Are you starting... Marquise in Kyler's first game back. Hollywood. Um, you know, I, I think I would. I think it's, I think I know it's a new, it's going to be the first week playing in this offense for Kyler, but he's had the entire year to really get to know the playbook, see it every week on the, from the sidelines. And so I'm not all that concerned about what Kyler will show on the field or what his, and that connection with Hollywood Brown's clearly just there. That doesn't go away just because they haven't played with each other for a little while. Like, I can promise you that if the Jets were able to pull off that trade for Devontae Adams, that next season, when Aaron Rodgers is back at, at full health, those that connection would have been as solid as that ever was, right? And yeah. obviously, those are at different levels. Those are two Hall of Fame players. Um, but that connection with a player just doesn't go away. You just kind of know where you're both at uh, within the play. You're always on the same page, basically. So I don't see that changing regardless of what offense they're running. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown or Zay Flowers this week, week 10? The Put you on the spot. Yeah, a little bit. Hold on. Who are the Zay Rangers? Plays, Zay plays uh, Cleveland. Ooh, man. That's tough. I think I would go Hollywood Brown, honestly. Um, it's a really tough matchup against the Cleveland defense. Uh, and as much as the Ravens shit all over the Seahawks last week, Zay Flowers had one catch for, I think, 12 yards. Yeah, I would I would go Marquise as well. How about Marquise or Calvin Ridley? And then we're done. <laughs> um, I th- Honestly, I'm leaning Calvin. I like the matchup this week that the Jaguars have. Um, I remember looking at because I, w- I put him into I only have Calvin Ridley in one league, unfortunately, um, which he's a guy I liked a lot. and just never was able to, to nab him. But they do play San Francisco, which to begin the season was lights out as defense. But they are leaking as a defense right now. I mean, they're giving a big play after big play passing defense, especially. So I actually do like the matchup with Calvin Ridley this week. And I'm going to go with Calvin. Uh, yeah, I would, too. Um couple running backs to touch on real quick. Uh, Devon Achan expected to be back after their uh, uh, their bye this week. So he should be back week 11. And the Rams running back, Kyron Williams, Williams Jesus, is expected to be uh, t- to return uh, in week 12. Uh, so Kyron Williams, maybe a guy you go out there and throw a little trade offer for, you know. Uh, maybe the manager has simmered a little bit on him since he's been out. Set yourself up for a playoff run. I tried. They didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, of course, we can't we can't uh, miss this breaking, breaking news. The Dallas Cowboys signing wide receiver Martavis Bryant, who hasn't played since 2018. Yeah, I don't see. I completely forgot about him. I didn't realize that he's been on indefinite suspension this entire time. <laughs> yeah, like he was I playing mean, in like arena football leagues and Canadian football and all over the place. I guess. I mean, you know, he he wanted to play. I just five years out of the league—that's a long time. And it's not like yeah. he was that great of a receiver when he was in the league. So I mean, right? I just. I don't see him doing anything at all. I don't either. It's a classic Cowboys move here. Just trying to make some headlines. (laughs) I mean, from when I remember him back in the day, and you can say that now because it was five years ago or six years ago, even um, he was a burner. So if he still has some speed on him, then they gives that and, you know, opens up the offense a little bit for the Cowboys that way. But still, I mean, they have Michael Gallup. They have Brandon cooks there. I don't I can't ever possibly imagine that Martavius Bryant ever leapfrogs them on the depth chart. Yeah. Um, and I agree with that. Uh, that's pretty much it for news. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the starts and sits of the week. Uh, just a friendly reminder. You probably already know, but uh, the teams on by this week, the Los Angeles Rams, Philadelphia Eagles, Miami Dolphins, and the Kansas city chiefs. So thank you, NFL. Uh, that's a lot of fantasy relevant players uh, not available this week. Honestly, it's uh, kind of insane. Based like they have two weeks um, this season where they have six teams on by, and I think this week hurts more fantasy wise than both those those weeks do. Yeah, 
No, I, I would agree with that as well. I mean, there's there's absolute studs all over all those teams for fantasy. So, uh, I mean, I think when you week. looked at it, <laughs> I mean, you're talking about th- three for sure quarterbacks, maybe four if you were counting on Stafford, um, three or four running backs, like six or seven wide receivers. I mean, it's brutal. Yeah, I have one league where. I think I had like I think I have like six guys on by, and they're just from even though it's only four teams, but when right. they're that good, good offensively, like you, those are guys you pick up on, and oh, it, this can be a rough week for me. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a tough one, but uh, hopefully there's some sneaky starts out there uh, to to get you through this week. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with our starts of the week at the quarterback position. You wanna you wanna start this this week? Yeah, might as well. Um, honestly, I'm going on a, on a whim here. This is good. There's a whole just kind of gut feeling. I'm going with Kyler Murray, man. Week one back against the Falcons. There's not a lot of stats, obviously to back this up. He hasn't played all year and the Falcons defense has been legit so far this season. They have opened up recently and not as, as strong as they have been to begin with. But honestly, I just think that Kyler is going to want to come in. And prove that he's just still that dude. You know, show the organization that's going to be probably picking high in the draft that, hey, you don't need to go look for for a new quarterback. I'm your guy here already. Let's build this this team and a winner around me. I like it. You know, I think uh, there's definitely some teams out there that have just been holding on to Kyler Murray and maybe streaming different quarterbacks. Um and now's now he's back. Now is your time to to go ahead and throw him in there um, for that upside. I will say though, if you know if you're a team that's solid and you have a really really good starter, um, like a Joe Burrow or uh, uh, I can't think of anybody else right now. I'm, I'm Jared Goff. Jared like, Goff, maybe. Like, yeah, guys like, like any, that. Any of those guys? Yeah, and I agree. Um, and I honestly, there is actually, I think four or five leagues I'm in this year that Kyler Murray was available to pick up, but, um, this is one of the years throughout all my leagues where I actually feel very solid at quarterback. And a lot of times I punt on quarterback so hardly in drafts that, uh, that I would look at Kyler Murray. I just didn't feel like I needed this year, but I mean, if you did wait to, you know, round 12, 13, 14 to draft your, your first quarterback, cause there's still some startable players at that, in that range, Kyler could be an absolute home run. Yeah, for sure. If he comes back and he's motivated and he's not on Call of Duty, he might be a league winner. Hey, man, Modern, Modern Warfare 3 comes out, what, two days? Yeah, <laughs> it's perfect timing. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how dedicated he is. <laughs> like this, this is a great time for him to come back to be super focused because we'll either know whether he's all in for the NFL or all in for gaming. All right, uh, my start of the week feels kind of risky, but uh, it's a really good matchup, and he's on a team with a bunch of really good receiving options. And so I'm going with Geno Smith against the Washington Commanders. Um, and I think the reason it is risky, I think we all think the, the Seahawks should do a lot better this week um, in on the offensive side of the ball. Um but you know, Gino hasn't. Uh, he hasn't had a game with over 16 fantasy points all season. Um, 
but I really, I, I honestly believe, you know, in a bounce back game where they just got their ass kicked, this could end up being Gino's best fantasy, uh, fantasy week uh, on the season. Uh, the the commanders have allowed the third most passing yards uh, on the year, and uh, they have allowed the most passing touchdowns since week five, and the third most fantasy points per game to the quarterback position this season. Um, you know, with DK and Tyler Lockett and JSN, um, you know, if he can't if he can't do it this week and throw a couple touchdowns and and put up you know a, a decent stat line on the on the passing yards, um, then, you know, I don't know if he's going to do it at all this year. So it's kind of now or never for Gino. And I think, uh, he probably knows he has to have a big game and these receivers know they have to have a big game. I expect them to come out and, and, you know, do a lot better than, than what they've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Gino's not been great. He started off last season, like first, like last season, <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, the first half of last season was amazing. Like everyone was like, "Holy shit, where has this guy been for ten years?" Basically, because he was terrible. Then the second half of last season, we saw more and more of what we saw from his initial start of his career, and that's kind of been the same thing this year, where he's still highly accurate, but his deep ball hasn't been as good. He continues to make, you know, a handful of really, really questionable plays in every game um that's why his interceptions have are are up um he's thrown a couple of really bad picks in the red zone it's like just take a step back don't force let the game come to you because he diagnoses the game fine it's the second he tries to overstep is when he gets himself in trouble so i think he just needs to figure himself out again like realize like hey i'm i don't need to go out here and be patrick mahomes or some you know hall of fame quarterback i just need to do the little things it takes to win this game yeah, yeah, that's what I'm expecting as well. Um, so, you know, with all the quarterbacks on by, the injuries, I think Geno is a really viable option this week. But I'm sure people are scared of what happened last week. I think he only had like two point something fantasy points. So, uh, but that was against the Ravens. I expect much better this week. I mean, the Ravens are on another level defensively right now. It's insane. Yeah, they're they're really really good. Um, all right, Trey's start of the week at quarterback is going to be Baker Mayfield. Trey's getting baked. Um, <laughs> Mayfield has finished as a top eleven quarterback four times in the last five weeks with over two hundred forty five yards and two touchdowns in three games during that span. Tennessee has only allowed eight touchdowns on the year so far, but have had the benefit of playing a bad passing offense in majority of those games. So uh, with Baker out there and a healthy Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, uh, Trey expects Baker to be a nice streaming option this week at quarterback. He's been on a tear. Um, I mean, he's showing what he showed us uh, his second to last year in Cleveland. We took the Browns to the playoffs and played out of his mind for a lot of that year. Um, he played really, really well. And, he, you know, he, he looks like he's he's come back to like that pre-shoulder labrum tear which really is what derailed his his final years in, in Cleveland. So, um, honestly, I kind of hope that Baker continues to do well just for his sake because, like, he started to look kind of like a bust, and a lot of times he came through through the kind of a bad attitude as well and kind of rubbed people the wrong way. But Yeah. 
But I hope he continues to do well. I, I, you know, I think he's a guy who can be in this league for a long time. Will never be a, a top five quarterback in the league, but he can be very, very solid. Yeah, I mean, in one league where I had Justin Fields, um, I was able to pick up Baker Mayfield uh, once Fields went down. And I have Mike Evans in that league as well, so it was a nice little stack. And Baker's just been a set it and forget it for me um, as my backup quarterback So until Fields comes back. So it's been nice for sure. Yeah. And I think I think he does have another good week this week. Excellent. All right. Excellent. <laughs> All right, we will go to my sit of the week, and that is going to be Mr. Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, Josh Dobbs. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, man, I had to do it after last week or after look, Monday. You better watch out for Will kicking <laughs> kicking your door in. All I'm saying is that Josh Dobbs. I know he's a hot waiver wire addition this week. Um, after his game and how he played most of the, most of the season so far, but. You know, he's going to be, he's going to cool off. I think he might be able to grow those eyebrows back this week. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm just being a medical condition. <laughs> I know, I'm just being an ass. Um, and I, uh, listen. He's got to, like, he's got to draw some on like those, uh, like <laughs> just those girls do sometimes. <laughs> Pencil brows. Yeah. And, and listen, I understand trying to put him in there this week, uh, you know, there's a lot of, like we said, a lot of heavy hitters on by already. Um, but, I mean, the Saints defense has just been really, really good across the board. They lead the league in, in, in interceptions with 12. They have their second most in takeaways with 18. Um, the Vikings are also lost two more weapons. KJ Osborne is not expected to play with a concussion. They lost Cam Akers for the year with a Achilles there. I just don't see Dobbs' Cinderella story continuing this week. All right, the Cinderella story ends, according to Tyler. Dang. It was a good run, though, Jada. Um, <laughs> all right, my quarterback sit of the week is going to be Deshaun Watson going against uh, the team we were just talking about, the Baltimore Ravens in that defense. And the reason I chose Watson is, you know, he did return last week, had a pretty decent game. Uh, maybe there's some desperate or quarterback desperate teams out there, fantasy teams that, you know, are waiting for Watson to come back. And if they started him last week, good on you. He, I think he gave you about 18 fantasy points, which isn't terrible, but uh, this week it's going to be rough. Uh, playing the Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens have allowed the fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. They have allowed just six passing touchdowns on the season compared to nine interceptions. Uh, Baltimore has allowed a 69.5 passer rating and 5.4 yards per attempt, which are all the lowest in the NFL. Um, and historically, when the Browns and the Ravens play, it's typically not high-scoring games. So, yeah, I would uh, I would look to pivot off of Deshaun Watson uh, this week for sure. Yeah. I mean, again, it makes sense with the Ravens defense, but it could be hard to do. Deshaun Watson, I mean, he's only played full four or four full games this year and has at least 18 points in three of them. Right. Um, so, I mean, he's played honestly pretty damn well so far this year. He's just obviously not been on the field much with that shoulder injury. Um, but no, I have to agree. I mean, the, the Ravens just tend to make offenses look stupid right now. And so that's <laughs> that's probably what they're going to do with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Quit hitting all that weed over there, dude. 
dude, I don't know what's going on right now. I got a little <laughs> cough. I don't know what's happening. Um, all right. Trey's sit of the week at quarterback. It's going to be old banana peel himself, Will Levis, uh, against Tampa Bay. That's kind of funny. He's, his starter is <laughs> Tampa Bay's quarterback, and his sit is Tennessee's quarterback. So, yeah, sit of the week, Will Levis for Trey. Uh, he said, don't be fooled by the fact that Tampa Bay gave up five quarterbacks to fellow gave up five quarterbacks to fellow rookies. Okay, five touchdowns to fellow rookie CJ Stroud <laughs> last week. Sorry about that. A little uh, uh little Trey's not an English major. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Uh, and he also said, you know, don't be fooled by the fact that Will Levis also threw four touchdowns in his first start two weeks ago. Levis came back down to earth last week with a 10, uh, scoring 10 fantasy points uh, and no touchdowns and one interception. He's saying the film is out on him and he's going to need to see a few more good games from Levis to be confident in starting him. I think we talked about this in our starts and sits last week. Yeah, he, uh, he was a sit for me last week. That's right. Yeah. And, and for that exact reason, right, you, you know, he had an NFL defense that was able to study a full week of film on him and prepare for him and not someone else. So, yeah, I think, you know, defense are going to, are going to figure out Will Levis, but I think once he becomes more polished, he's got the physical tools to, to not only be a good NFL quarterback, but also be fantasy relevant. Uh, but it will take some time and there's going to be some, some bumps in the road for sure. Yeah. Um, honestly, the one thing we haven't seen from him much yet is using his legs. And he ran the ball a bunch at Kentucky. And so I think that'll happen more often. And, yeah, I think he has to sometimes, you know, I mean, the the Ravens are or the Ravens. The Buccaneers are probably going to blitz him a bunch um, just to open up pressure. But if he can find a lane to, you know, get through the uh, get, get through the line. Generally, when there's a lot, when you if you blitz a lot, there's it's a lot of man coverage on the backside. So if he can, you know, slip through the through the offensive line, he could run for a lot of yards this game. Not saying he's going to, but I, I could see that happening if he decides to start using his legs more. Yeah, he definitely has the the ability. So, all right, running back start of the week for you. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Kenneth Walker. Um, he's playing the commanders. I know you already talked about Gino. Um, and I understand K nine's a bit of a cop out since he's already a, te- a top 10 back, um, on the season, but even being a top 10 back the last two weeks, we see us combined for only 9.7 points. And that's got to have managers a little worried, right? Like, Hey, what happened to K nine? Um, and part of it is that he is almost always looking to find the big play and not just hit the hole he needs to hit to make the, the right play. And hopefully that, that changes things out. Um, but the commanders, you know, their, their defense is it's okay against running backs, but they did just trade away their top two uh, defensive ends in, in chase young and Montez sweat um, at the trade deadline. And they did that and immediately gave up over a hundred yards rushing to the Patriots who were only averaging 84 yards a game going into week nine. So clearly their defense is still trying to figure out without two of their best players. Um, I think, you know, as we mentioned with Gino, he's it's been rough. His offense in general has been rough for a few weeks. And I think the way to get the offense back up and running and getting Gino back on track here is to run the ball. Give Kenneth Walker the ball more often so that you can 
set up the play action pass, which is what Geno really excels at. And so you get the, the ball to Kenneth Walker 20 times this game, he'll have a good day. But on top of that, Geno will be able to have those big plays and be yeah. able to press the ball down the field. So I think it starts with the running game and it opens up the offense for everyone. Yep. It's football one-on-one, baby. He's um, no, an old school like coach, man. That's what he does. There might be some nervous Nellies out there with, with Kenneth Walker on their team. So um, <clears throat> I like to pick. Could be some nervous Nellies uh, for the guy I'm choosing as well. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson as my start of the week at running back against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Ramondre had a ton of hype coming into the season. Um, expecting kind of a breakout year. Um, was a pretty high draft pick. I think, you know, back of the second, third round, maybe beginning of third round uh, for most drafts. Uh, but He's been a bit of a, a disappointment, uh, but last week had a nice breakaway touchdown run um, that you know people were excited about. Um, but also was super involved in the passing game: six targets, four catches for forty-two yards receiving. And that's what's good to see about Stevenson because that's kind of what made him fantasy relevant last year. And um, you know, it's definitely been a focus, I think, of this offense over the last four four-ish weeks to make sure he's involved in the passing game. He's had six targets um, in three of his last four games um, and has scored 14 fantasy points in each of those three games. So it's a good matchup against the Colts. They've allowed the seventh most rushing yards and the second most rushing touchdowns to, to running backs this season. Um, and they've allowed the fifth most fantasy points per game. So I think, you know, it's everything's coming together for Stevenson to have a nice, big fantasy relevant uh, week this week. Hopefully the the targets continue. He can get another six targets and uh, and catch majority of those. I mean, hopefully, um, honestly, I would like to see him get the ball more rushing. He's had uh, 10 or less carries in five straight games, which is a little concerning. Uh, but with that being said, he is supplementing that pretty well in the passing game. And to add on top of what you were just saying, the Colts have also given up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 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 the uh, ninth most passing yards to running backs on the year. And so that bodes well for him to also have a good game, a good game, you know, catching the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, all right, Trey's start of the week at running back, Josh Jacobs versus the Jets. Um, you know, Jets, tough defense. Maybe there's some people scared to start him against the Jets, but uh, I think most people that have Josh Jacobs are probably starting him. Uh, but he had a slow start to the year, only two touchdowns in his first seven games. He's now had three touchdowns in his last two games. And clearly the Raiders are a new and energized uh team and want Josh Jacobs to be heavily involved in the run game. So, uh, yeah, I think Josh Jacobs, there's a world where, you know, another burner primetime game, the the Las Vegas Raiders and Aiden O'Connell versus Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. <laughs> uh, At least that one's not on primetime. It is. It's Sunday night. Oh God! <laughs> Waiting all day for Sunday. Can we, nah. can, can we get the flex uh, schedule going yet, please? Can we just start flexing these games out already? Like, I think why they, wait till last like three weeks? Like, come on, let's get this done now. I don't know. It should be all year. 
Like, ugh, doesn't make sense, but here we are. So, yeah, hopefully prime time, Josh Jacobs can uh, give us a show. Hopefully. <laughs> God. Who's your sit at running back? So, this is kind of funny. Um, I mentioned it before we started recording, but uh, if you guys are listening closely, you'll see that uh, there's one team that we are high on offensively for our starts of the week, and there's one team we are really low on for sits of the week. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> usually it's not like this. So No, and we don't like confer before this. So, like This is complete coincidence. Um, my sit of the week is going to be Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. I'm taking both of them. Um, honestly, at this point, we've mentioned a bunch already. You should just be sitting everyone against the Ravens outside of guys that are your absolute studs. Um, like a couple weeks ago when the Ravens destroyed the Lions, Amon Ross still had a good game. He still had 113 yards, right? So you can still start your absolute studs, but everyone else needs to be on the bench. They are just destroying teams. I don't even need to throw out stats to you because it doesn't matter. You, you can pick from a dozen different stats and they all go towards a sit this player. It doesn't matter. It's only because they're playing the Ravens. So that's yeah. what you need to do. Sit Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, my uh, my sit at the week at running back is going to be on the other side of the ball. Uh, it's going to be Gus Edwards, actually. And some folks uh, might be looking forward to, to starting Gus Edwards because he's been giving you at least 17 fantasy points in three straight games. <laughs> uh, five touchdowns in the last two weeks. Yeah, and that's kind of the issue, and that's kind of why I chose him. Uh, you know, six six touchdowns in that in that three week span, five in the last two, like you just said. Uh, but he only has one game this season with more than seventy rushing yards. He has not topped seven fantasy points in a game without a touchdown. Um, and now he's playing the Browns. The Browns have allowed just two rushing touchdowns uh, to running backs, tied for the third fewest in the league. Um. He was uh, Gus Edwards, that is, was held to 6.9 fantasy points against them in week four. Uh, and last week, Edwards surprisingly only played uh, 19% of snaps uh, against the, the Seahawks. I know they didn't really need to, to have a bell cow against the Seahawks. They kind of just ran all over him with anyone they gave the ball to. But, uh, you know, I, I'm... I'm worried about this matchup fantasy wise, just because I think it's going to be really low scoring. Uh, like I said, you know, when we were talking about uh, Deshaun Watson, typically low scoring games in the AFC North, especially when the the Browns and the Ravens play, and uh, the Browns a tough defense as well, and they've they've kind of shut down running backs, um, or at least not letting them score touchdowns this week this year. So. I think Gus Edwards is a little bit touchdown dependent, um, and I'm not sure he's going to get one this week. All right. Uh, Trey's sit of the week at running back is going to be James Cook versus Denver. You know, this one, this one's a little bit risky just because Denver is literally the worst defense against running backs. Uh, Stat-wise, I think they've gotten better as of recent, but, uh, you know, on the year. They've obviously not been good against running backs. Uh, Trey said Cook just isn't getting enough work to warrant starting right now. Latavius Murray is still taking up 40% of snaps, leaving Cook with a smaller percentage than he should have, in Trey's opinion. Also, Leonard Fournette, uh, when are we going to see him uh, start to to work his way into this 
really becoming a three-headed committee now uh, backfield in Buffalo. So, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think there's a lot of people that are maybe saying one more week. I'm going to give James Cook one more week just because he's playing the Denver Broncos. Uh, I'll tell you, on a team that I have, I'm figuring out how I can go ahead and sit James Cook because I don't want to start him right now either. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, honestly, I feel like it, I don't have James Cook in any league. Um, but I feel like if I did, I would have probably jumped off of that bandwagon weeks ago. Yeah, it's been tough. All right. Uh, your start of the week at receiver. Absolutely. So I know I already mentioned that I like Kelvin Ridley this week, but I also like his running mate, Christian Kirk. Kirk is going to be my uh, start of the week at receiver. He's been honestly pretty consistent this week, this year so far. He hasn't had like that big that huge like breakout game, that big, that big, you know, 25 point game, but he's finished as a receiver two in every game, but two this season, he's just very, very consistent. His connection with Trevor Lawrence is clearly extremely strong. And I know, again, it's kind of the same reason I said against uh, with Calvin, like the Niners defense, as good as it was to begin the season is not the same defense. It's different. I know they also picked up chase young. So hopefully, so maybe their pass rush is better. Um, as they pair Young with Nick Bosa, and that's a little worrisome. But even then, I still think that Christian Kirk is kind of Trevor Lawrence's security blanket. So he's just going to still have a very solid floor and could still have a big boom game at some point this year. So he should still be in your starting lineup. And I think, again, he'll give you another top 24 finish. Yeah, <clears throat> I like that pick. I'm sure there are people that are you know, skeptical about starting uh Christian Kirk against the 49ers. Uh, but I like the uh, the outlook for him. Uh, my start of the week at wide receiver, going to be another Seahawk. Uh, yeah, this is funny. Uh, Tyler Lockett, I'm stacking him with Geno Smith. But uh, like I said, you know, I think this is a, a true bounce back game for the Seahawks. I think they're much better than what they showed last week. Um, and, you know, for Tyler Lockett in particular, it's kind of been an up and down season. Uh, we're really the whole Seahawks offense, but uh, for Tyler Lockett as well. Um, in the last month, he has topped 15 fantasy points twice and been held under eight fantasy points in the other two. Uh, he's had at least eight targets in three of his last four games. Um, but I think, you know, this game against the Commanders is a possible blow up game for uh for this passing offense um and possibly k9 as well uh <laughs> your start of the week at running back so um the commanders have allowed the second most yards and touchdowns um uh, and third most fantasy points per game to receivers this season uh they are in the top four across the board since week five as well uh you know tyler lockett really kind of has the lowest four that we've seen from him in the last you know number of years but i think this is a game where tyler lockett gets a good amount of targets and gets in the end zone so uh i'm starting tyler lockett everywhere i have him no i mean i i would agree with you i mean i know his production has been pretty up and down so far this year but he's still getting a decent target share he's still talking about you're still talking about at least seven targets a game which i think is like 25 ish percent or so for his target share on the team. So it's production will come behind that as long as he's still getting targets. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury for the last few weeks as well. I think that's probably slowed him down a little bit, um, which isn't helping, but 
I think overall, his receiver 35 ranking on the season isn't going to be where he, he finishes. I think he's going to creep his way back up into, into you know, wide receiver two production here. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And I, I think this next guy will as well. Uh, Trey start <laughs> of the week, DK Metcalf uh, versus Washington. So, you know, uh, I guess we're guaranteed to one of us to, to be right uh, this week with with these starts since we're going with the entire Seattle offense. <laughs> Someone's going to go off. Uh, but Trey said DK, you know, having a down season as well. Uh, wide receiver 43 so far on the season. Uh, but he also believes this is going to be a bounce back game for Seattle and, and DK Metcalf. Uh, yeah, he said the commanders are giving up at least two touchdowns per game against the five good slash great wide receiver groups they've faced so far this year. So, uh, Trey is right there with us on the Seattle train this week. <laughs> I mean, we hope obviously you know, especially the Seahawks fan, I hope they all have great games. Um, obviously, someone's going to be wrong with one of these starts. Not, I don't think all four of them can necessarily have amazing games, but who knows? I mean, they, they could absolutely show out and, and change everything. So it will be interesting to see. All right. Your sit of the week at receiver is? It's going to be DJ Moore against the Panthers. Um, I mean... The Panthers have actually surprisingly been pretty good against the pass so far this, this year. Um, only giving 100, 178 yards per game. It's the fifth best mark um, in the league, and they are actually the fifth best defense against wide receivers. Um, but the reason Moore needs to be a sit, even though he is a top 10 receiver it, on around the season so far, is that Tyson, the secret Bajant man, is just not <laughs> capable of getting him the ball. And the three starts with Bajant at quarterback, Moore hasn't had more than 55 yards in any game. I mean, honestly, I think Bates just is just targeting the tight end Cole Komet um, ex- a, a ton, and it's hurting DJ Moore's production. So he's dying to get Justin Fields back on back on the field, as are every other fans, fancy manager, so you can have another starting quarterback, another starting receiver you can put in your lineup without worrying about them. Yeah, for sure. I'm right there with you. I would definitely sit uh, DJ Moore. Uh, with fields out again um i'm gonna go ahead and sit zay flowers at the wide receiver position apparently i'm only paying attention to two games this weekend so <laughs> <laughs> uh you know uh but zay flowers playing the cleveland browns um flowers has hit a bit of a slump after kind of you know showing out at the beginning of the season uh He's put up uh, fewer than 20 yards in two straight games, had fewer than 70 fan- uh, seven fantasy points in each of those games. And it's not likely for him to bounce back this week against the tough Cleveland Browns defense. Uh, Flowers has just 72 yards a season against man coverage. Um, his 36.2 passer rating when targeted against man coverage is the worst in the NFL among receivers with a minimum of 70 routes run. Uh, The Browns, on the other hand, run man coverage 41% of the time. That is the fourth highest rate in the NFL. Um, They've also allowed the third fewest yards and second fewest fantasy points per game to receivers this season. So I'm sitting all of my Ravens uh, besides Mark Andrews and obviously Lamar. But yeah. (laughs) temper expectations for them as well 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, this game, as it as you mentioned, um, is traditionally a low scoring game. I mean, this game with how good these defenses are, because I think both defenses are much better than they have been in years past. This game just screams like a thirteen to ten finish, and yeah, I think the, so. And the Ravens win with a Justin Tucker Tucker field goal in the final two minutes. It's just how it feels, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yep. For sure. Um, where are we at here? Trey's sit of the week at receiver. <laughs> uh, oh, God. It's Amari Cooper. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Amari Cooper against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't have to uh, wait on this too much. Baltimore has <laughs> given up four touchdowns to wide receivers in nine games. Amari's a borderline boom bust already with three games under five fantasy points and now faces uh, probably the best defense uh, against receivers in the league. Uh, or one of the best. Um, so, yeah, he says to sit Amari Cooper. He's stacking him with my quarterback sit of the week and your running back sit of the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we are uh, beating a dead horse here. Yeah, we are. Uh, so let's move on to the tight end position. Um, your start of the week at tight end? It's going to be Dalton Schultz. Um, we haven't said his name basically at all this year. Oh, we got a, a different game. <laughs> Thank God. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Schultz is playing the Bengals, and it, you know it took some time for this connection between Stroud and Schultz to to start going. But Schultz has f- double digit fantasy points in four of the last five games. Last week he had ten catches, one hundred and thirty yards, and a touchdown. Absolutely exploded. I know you can't expect that every week from him by any means, um, but this connection just seems really, really strong. And they're playing a defense that tends to give up a ton of points to tight ends. Actually, the second most in the league at almost 13 points a game. And so even if they can, you know, attempt to shut down the outside guys in Nico, Nico Collins and Tank Dell, Schultz should still have a very, very good floor. And as we know, if you get seven or eight points from your tight end this year, it's a win. Yeah. For sure, at tight end, start of the week, I'm going with Cole Komet versus Carolina tomorrow night. Even if Tyson, uh, the secret vagent, is uh, is starting. Um, last week, you know, it was kind of, we weren't sure what to expect. But uh, Cole Komet, you know, six catches, 55 yards, two touchdowns, finished with around 24 fantasy points, depending on your settings. Um Komet has now topped 15 fantasy points in four of his last six games. Uh, the issue, though, um, those other two games, he scored fewer than three points. Uh, but I think I think that floor is rising. I think, uh, you know, this Bears offense is still figuring things out as they go. And, and clearly Cole Komet is a red zone threat for them and probably one of their best red zone targets. Um it clearly worked last week, and I, I imagine they will continue to go back to that, um, especially with a young, undrafted rookie at, at quarterback for him in prime time. Uh, you got to go with what works and what he's comfortable with. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with uh, Cole Komet as my start of the week at tight end. That's a little risky with Bajan clearly. Being or Komet being clearly one of the only guys that Bajan's been uh, targeting uh, over over the last few weeks, so um, that's certainly yeah. a risky play. Um, and honestly, I feel like a lot of people probably don't have the option of sitting Cole Komet just because 
the tight end landscape. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I could see it happening. For sure. Uh, definitely risky, but hey, baby, we like to do a little gambling over here. Um, Hasn't worked out so well for us most of this year when we take a, a big name and choose to sit him, but yeah. Hey, man, that's what gamblers do. You got to keep on fucking playing those cards. Um, all right. Trey's start of the week at tight end is going to be Dalton Kincaid versus Denver. Um, Kincaid is on a roll with 36 fantasy points and 26 targets in his last three games. Now he's playing Denver, one of the worst tight end defenses in the league. They're giving up an average of six catches and 70 yards per game to the tight end position. It's clear Dalton Kincaid is definitely starting to find his stride in this offense, and uh, the talent is there. So um, if they continue to target him, I think he'll continue to make plays, and so does Trey. So, yeah, Dalton Kincaid for me is, and Trey is definitely a – Almost a must start at this point at the tight end position. I feel like we've played hot potato with Dalton Kincaid when it comes since Tyson or since Dalton Knox went out. I'm pretty sure he's been a start of the week for one of us every week. Probably, yeah. But it's paying off. I mean, it's three straight weeks of, of double digit fantasy points, which again for a tight end, fucking money. Yeah. Uh who's your sit of the week at tight end? I'm going to go with uh, Jake Ferguson against the Giants. I know the Giants defense is terrible. Uh, They've been bad all year, but for some reason, they're really stout against tight ends. They only give up 6.6 points per game. It's actually the fifth best mark in the league. That probably has more to do that everyone else feasts on them, so there's no need to use the tight end position. Um, But really, Ferguson's been very hot and cold so far this this year. Um, really, Really good highs, really bad lows. He's had two very, very good games um, in a row the last two weeks, uh, double-digit fantasy points, and I just feel like uh, it's it's a week where he's just going to cool off. It's it's his time. He's going to you know kind of lay an egg this week. But, oh, oh, sorry. Our, our sorry. fearless leader <laughs> was sneezing. <laughs> I thought another one was coming. Uh, you can never tell sometimes. Those sneezes, sneeze attacks. All right, uh, my sit of the week at tight end. It's going to be this guy no one's ever heard of, Kyle Pitts. And, you know, um, surprisingly, the Cardinals really aren't a good matchup for tight ends uh, so far this year. Historically, they kind of always have been. But but this year, uh, they've allowed the seventh fewest yards to the tight end position. Um, And... So they're not as friendly as a matchup. But, I mean, getting to the bigger point here, no Drake London last week. Uh, they had a they, they threw in t- Taylor Heineke, uh, who's, you know, a quarterback that's willing to risk it a little bit more and, and air the ball out. And Kyle Pitts still did nothing. And Johnny Smith was clearly their their top option at tight end. And so... I think it is what it is. Um, you know, there was this weird interview that Ar- Arthur Smith did today or, or press conference, I guess. And he gave this long winded answer about their red zone offense. And he kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, the primary read is Kyle or it's Bijan. Uh, but, you know, defenses are just taking them away. I don't know if that's really the case. I don't know if he's trying to 
keep us what guessing. What game tape or, is he watching? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what <laughs> he's talking about with that, but uh, it's clearly Johnny Smith is the number one option there at tight end. So it is what it is. Um, the reason why Kyle Pitts, you know, makes the sit list here is he's still being started in over seventy percent of leagues on sleeper, which is really high. Um, that's a lot of leagues. So. Uh, when compared to you know some of these other guys like Cole Komet is way below that, uh, Dalton Kincaid is below that. So, um, yeah, I just I don't know how you're still starting Pitts. I would not be. Um, and this you know week isn't a good matchup for tight ends. So, in general, so yeah, uh, no Kyle Pitts sit Pitts. I love it because they're gonna hand the ball off to Bijan Robinson thirty times. <sighs> Watch him get three carries, actually, just for Arthur to throw. Honestly, that, that's, not, that's honestly more likely to happen, but yeah. I'm wishful thinking over here with Bajon, and I know we went deep into it on Monday. I think we did last week as well. It's just one of those things I'm sick and tired of watching one of the premier talents in the league not get the fucking ball. It's an eighth. You know, you picked him eighth overall in the NFL draft. That is... If you're picking a guy that high, they're expected to come in and and be a starter, be a every down guy, you know, right off the bat for the most part. Unless something is seriously wrong or they're hurt or something, but uh yeah, it's just it's baffling, honestly. It makes zero sense. The dude's averaging 5 yards a carry. And is still the 14th ranked running back on the season, even though he's only scored three touchdowns and is barely getting the ball. Like, could you imagine if he was actually getting the production everyone expected him to? He'd be uh, probably top three back in the league, if not at minimum top five. Oh, yeah, for sure. He'd be, it's I think, right up there with Christian McCaffrey, right? If If he had the same type of usage that Christian does, yeah, he'd be, he'd be right up there. Is what it is, though. Um, you know, and, and to speak on Bajan, I think you still have to start Bajan, obviously, um, and just hope for the best. But Kyle Pitts, you should be able to sit. I mean, if you, I, I understand, like, you probably drafted him as pretty early in draft. I think he was still going as in, like, the round sixth round or so. And so it's hard to come off of a guy when you draft him that early, but you got, but you have to. We're way too deep in the season for you to still be relying on Kyle Pitts as your tight end. There are guys off the waiver wire. We mentioned two of them already. Um, Dalton Schultz was not really being drafted. Jake Ferguson was definitely not drafted. Cole Komet was barely being drafted. Like, these are all guys that you could have picked up off the waiver wire at any point in time most of yep. the season, and yet you stuck with Kyle Pitts just hoping and praying he was going to pull it out. Like, What are you doing? Right. Sometimes you just got to realize it's, it's out of our control, and uh, there's some some fucking stubborn NFL coach, just stubborn football coach. I mean, yeah. football coaches in general are just stubborn people, stubborn yeah, but, guys. But usually. you can't be a so. stubborn fantasy manager either. You have right. to realize that like it's not happening. Yeah, move on. You have to adapt. If you don't adapt, then you're then you then you lose. Period. That's all it comes down to. If you want to yeah. make the playoffs and win championships, you got to adapt. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, David Njoku is Trey's sit of the week at tight end. I guess we're beating that horse one more time. One more time, dude, just for good measure. Um, Thing's a pulp. <laughs> Njoku has a touchdown in each of his last two games. 
He's getting a tar- uh, solid target share. Uh, but this week faces Baltimore. They've been shutting down everything this year. So only allowing an average of four catches and 33 yards per game to the tight end position. Uh, only one touchdown as well to tight end so far this year. So uh, sit your Browns this week. All of them. Let's please get into the highlight of the week. Thank God it's about a t- about a game that we have not mentioned at all. <laughs> we will go to Stinky's defense of the week. <laughs> uh, we did actually kind of mention this game. Uh, because ah, shit, of, did we? Because of Trey's running back start of the week, but all good. Ah, okay. Uh, it was so long ago, I forgot. Yeah, Trey's saying pick up uh, Las Vegas Raiders defense uh, and play them against the Jets. Uh, Las Vegas is going to take advantage of another shitty New York team in consecutive weeks. They scored 20 fantasy points against the New York Giants last week and had 15 points the week before against Detroit. That is the Las Vegas Raiders defense and special teams, by the way. Uh, now they face a New York Jets offensive line that just got absolutely ate alive by the Chargers, who actually have kind of been struggling on the pass rush, but uh, clearly showed um, last week that they are no longer struggling. Uh, but Las Vegas uh, has 14 sacks and four interceptions in their last four games and should get a good amount of sacks, plus a turnover to thanks to... Uh, well, I guess he's unaware that Danny Dimes is out for the season. But uh, <laughs> like, did he forget we just talked about that on Monday during the waivers? Yeah, he's he's clearly locked in. But uh, either way, they're starting Danny DeVito or Tommy yeah. DeVito. I'm sorry, Tom, Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Tommy DeVito, not and, little uh, Danny, <laughs> not yeah. Danny DeVito. I mean, honestly, at this point, Danny DeVito, even at might be better, yeah. whatever age he is, he's old now. Um, could be better. You know, he wouldn't be able to see past his lineman's butt talks. <laughs> But can Tommy? I don't even know if Tommy can. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, Las Vegas. I think that could be a good, good, uh, good play this week. I don't know what their roster percentage is, but I'm sure they're available out in most leagues. So for sure. I mean, and they've been extremely solid the last uh, really month. So um, should be a, a great game, and they're playing a super inept offense. Uh, according to Sleeper, forty percent rostered for the Las Vegas Raiders defense. All right. All right. Well, that'll do it for all of our starts and sits this week. Um, Good luck in your matchups. Again, if you have any questions specific to your lineup, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers or Instagram. Happy to answer those questions there. Uh, But again, thank you for listening. We appreciate it very, very much and uh, appreciate any love or support. Um, that you guys have shown. So uh, we will continue to uh, make this fantastically shitty show and (laughs) hopefully entertain you in the process. Uh, So we will catch you next Tuesday for waiver wires in week 11. Crazy. Uh, But for now, goodbye and good night. Just throw it out there. Bring the hate, too. We'll send it right back to you. Oh, yeah. Bye.